and it's just exactly what I was saying last night. And I've been saying after those comments throughout the night and throughout this morning to people who have been calling me, if there is evidence, we need to see it. And if there isn't, then we have to stop indicting the system. So Trump gave a speech yesterday saying they have plenty of evidence to show that there's massive vote, voter fraud going on. Um, Fox immediately said, well, we, we got to start seeing this. Fox News, right? Fox News said that. And, uh, and Chris Christie there, obviously. Who's on the Trump campaign team. I mean... Carl Rove just said there are always shenanigans, but shenanigans widespread enough to have affected the result would be incredibly difficult. Um, so the uh, leading Republican voices uh, who made uh, well, Stephen Colbert was crying last night because of the president's speech. Jeez, oh, I know, that child. Is, I feel I bad for you. That's that's that's. Well, yeah, you got to check yourself. You got to do a uh, weird. Do a what's his name from the Daily Show, John Stewart, and. And and go work on your wife's animal farm for a while or something, because you've lost your mind. Um, and so the leading Republican voices are all saying, look, we're going to look into this stuff like crazy. And we do need voting reform, but uh, the election wasn't stolen. SCOTUS blog, I appreciate this. Carl, let me give you the Carl Rove oh, yeah, quote, just because it's pretty good. Please do. There are suspicious partisans across the spectrum who believe widespread election fraud is possible. Some hanky-panky always goes on, and there are already reports of poll watchers in Philadelphia not being allowed to do their jobs. But stealing hundreds of thousands of votes would require a conspiracy on the scale of a James Bond movie. This isn't going to happen. That's what he believes. And uh, for... Uh... For those of you who, like us, are just so sick and tired of every time a Supreme Court seat comes open, the the, the screeching, the like, like chimps screeching in the forest that they're going to take away your light, right to choose abortions. They're going to put gays back in the closet. It's going to be the handmaid's tale, forced pregnancies, and that slavery is going to... Re- Oh, for God's sake. So tiring. Uh, anybody notice that none of that has happened after any of the guys who they said were going to do it? Well, SCOTUS blog, which is kind of the leading go-to place. I don't like the word SCOTUS. It sounds too much like uh, the SCROTUS. Is it's, that your problem? It doesn't sound right. Doesn't the sound reason like some... I won't eat Angus beef. In print, it looks too much like, well, it's, it doesn't it's the s- cheapest cut. It doesn't sound like something deserving of respect. No, it doesn't. And it, you know, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, SCOTUS blog uh, just tweeted, for those dreading or hoping that a conservative 6-3 Supreme Court with three appointees of Donald Trump will overturn the results of the election and deem him to be reelected, there is absolutely no chance of that happening whatsoever. None. (laughs) I'd be surprised if there's a case that makes it to the Supreme Court. There could be one out of Pennsylvania, but it's not going to have any effect on this election. Right. My favorite new word is determinative. If you'd like to sound smart at your next COVID-ridden gathering, use the word determinative. Uh, There will be cases, and I hope the SCOTUS takes them on, um, and and we get some meaningful voting reform. But none of them will be determinative, meaning none of them will alter any of the outcomes. No, it'd be setting up for next election that you can't decide two weeks out that you're going to count votes an extra couple days. Right. For instance... Um. Uh, so uh, we have Lon Hee Chen coming up in just a second. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. One more thing on this note. The first comment, never read the comments I was of your own tweets. I was reminded of that last night. 
uh, a guy immediately says, never say never. If there's even the most remote avenue to stealing the election via the courts, I have no doubt that the Trump three will be active and willing partners in that scheme. What's the Trump three? I think it's Trump, Bill Barr, and uh, maybe, I don't know, Mitch? Melania? Please be Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) Yeah, he might be in the Trump three. Pablo Escobar. So immediately, when they say it's not going to happen, there's absolutely no chance whatsoever. None. Immediately, they get the, I don't know, because I hear he's the new Hitler. All right. God, you people tire my hind end out. Did we mention one outlet has called it for Joe Biden, but none of the major news outlets have. But they have all said that. Biden is ahead in Pennsylvania and Georgia now, in addition to Arizona and Nevada. There's no reason to believe Trump's going to catch up as they are counting mail-in ballots in urban areas. Yeah, much as I hope that the late, early, early, late, late, early ballots would (laughs) tend toward Republicans, it just really hasn't materialized. No, so it's over, and uh, the, the news media is being surprisingly hesitant to call and waiting until they get all the counting done, which is probably the way you should always do it. There's no hurry. Well, yeah, I think at this point, nobody needs it this minute. No, no, definitely not. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so one of the I do want to we, we can ask Lon Hee Chen some serious questions, but I do want to ask him the if Trump decides to run again next time at age seventy eight, Biden's current age, would he get the nomination? I think that's a fascinating question. <sighs> Now, his chief of staff said yesterday, oh, absolutely, Trump's going to win, run. So it's not like a hair-bearing theory. Wow, I hadn't heard that. Or his former dang. chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney. Oh, okay. But yeah. but that's still not hair-bearing theory. I don't think he wants the gig. But anyway, so, and but I was I saying. Mean, four years from now. I believe he'd get the nomination in a walk because he's so dang popular. You saw the Trump parades. I say no. Well, okay, well, we got this text. My wife and I both voted for Trump in the election. We have never and would never vote for Trump in the primary election. I, I don't know why they didn't explain, but maybe that's a common thing. I have no idea. Well, I get it. I get it. Hmm. You're going to vote Republican. You prefer Republican policies. You'd prefer a different Republican. It was a binary choice on Tuesday. You didn't, didn't get to choose a, a different Republican. Right. So smart. So reasonable. Lan Hee Chen. Coming up in a moment or two, we'll discuss the vexing questions of the day with him. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just a preemptive question. I know it's going to come up. Are we seeing any widespread fraud? Are we seeing anything that makes us question the outcome of the election? We're not seeing any widespread irregularities. We're not seeing anything widespread. We are, we are investigating any credible uh, accusation with any real evidence behind it. But let me tell you one thing. When you have a narrow margin, little small things can make a difference. So everything's going to have to be investigated to protect the integrity of the vote. Our office intends to do that. And like I said, you get a wide margin, it doesn't matter as much. Narrow margin, it does. We are literally looking at a margin of less than, you know, a large high school. That is, uh, what's his title? It's not the Secretary of State, but it's like the head of elections in Georgia who is a Republican. The guy running the counting. 
That's uh, that. I believe that is his formal title. Yes. Uh, so uh, I. But just, it's over. In terms of who wins, yes. Uh, in terms of investigating hijinks, no. no. Which is healthy for everyone, and anybody who's not in favor of that is a bad American. No, they should Says figure all me. that out. Try to make elections better, election by election. Uh, but uh, it's over. Joe Biden will be the president of the United States. It's it's not even a question anymore. Not a joke. Lonnie Chen, David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution joins us now. Lonnie is also host of the most excellent podcast, Crossing Lines with Lonnie Chen. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning. Looks like we might be closer to a result after all. Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 over. I mean, if if we want to pretend it's not, we can. But listen it's, it's over. to the liberal Jack. <laughs> I, it's not the result I want. And I was wondering, you've you've worked on some high level campaigns that didn't win. What's it feel like when you realize yeah. when it's over? What is it all? What is that? What is that feeling? I mean, it's 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 horrible. It's I'll a bet. it's a sad sad feeling. I mean, particularly when you've invested a lot of your time and energy, and and you believe in the cause. Look, everybody who was involved in this campaign on on the Trump side, on the Biden side, who worked on these campaigns. They they believed in what they were doing, you know, and you, you don't invest that kind of time unless you do. Uh, and, and I've lost a lot in, in my time in politics. I've lost a lot more than I've won. And it's it's tough. I mean, that moment when you realize I, I still remember that time uh, in 2012 when I was working you know, closely with Romney and, and on election night, you know, when we knew we had no pathway. Uh, it, it, it's a very difficult thing to accept. And it takes a lot of grace. It takes a lot of humility to be able to say you know what it's not going to happen because every instinct in your body says you got to keep fighting you got to keep going and and you know at some point you just can't there's no pathway what does it feel like you know most of us haven't done it what does it feel like is it like when you know a girl you love dumps you or what's it feel like i, I mean <laughs> um yeah having felt that before too uh <laughs> I, I, I i could say it's no it's um you know it's you sort of sit there and you wonder, you know, what could you have done more? I think mm. that for me, at least personally. Yeah. And, and by the way, to this day, I still think about that for Romney. Because, wow. You know, I think, um, look, your, your listeners are going to have different opinions of Romney. I get it. Um, I have never met someone who is more honorable and who uh, I, 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 I would have done more for than him. And so I feel like at this point, uh, even now, right, eight years later, I still think, were there decisions I made and things that I did on that campaign that contributed to to his loss? You should have hired me to give him how to act like a regular guy lessons. <laughs> but that would have helped a lot. So, yeah, well, so, you know, yeah. so Trump might spend the rest of his life thinking, God, if I had just done one more rally in Arizona, or, you know, one more in this county in Pennsylvania, I'd have been president. Well, that's interesting. Hey, uh, speaking well, of... Now, let me, let me, let me, let me be clear. I don't think that Donald Trump will think that way. Uh, I think he he. I think there are people on his campaign that will that will question decisions made. That having been said, I actually think Trump down the stretch did exactly what he needed to do to keep this race close. I mm-hmm. actually think the Trump campaign, Trump's rallies, all of that. That's what drove turnout in these states. You know, you talk about Donald Trump won more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. I know it's amazing. It's just it, it, it it's just that the other side was was all that more energized and they were all that more voters and they turned out their people as well. So you have to look at this. If you're the Trump campaign, I don't think there's a whole lot more they could have done. I think those guys can sleep easy knowing that they ran a very tough and aggressive campaign down the stretch. Nancy Pelosi has stated that the election was a mandate for Democrats. (laughs) Comment, please. 
the only thing it's a mandate for is her leaving the speakership. I mean, she was atrocious. Uh, and, and one of the reasons why the Democrats have lost ground in the House, which no one expected, by the way, is because she completely went off the deep end in the two weeks at the end of the campaign. I mean, I, I have never seen someone get more unhinged than, than I saw her, her get unhinged in those last two weeks of the campaign. I mean, talking about psychological examinations and the 25th Amendment. And I mean, she was one of the reasons why people looked at the House of Representatives in these races and said, you know what, we ought to send a message. And, and voters are smarter, by the way, than a lot of these media analysts give them credit for. Voters, you know, they went and they said, you know what, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden, but I'm also going to vote for a Republican for Congress because I want to make sure someone's got a check on this guy. I really believe that we saw a lot more split ticket voting than at any point in recent American history because American voters knew what they were doing. And I wish we'd give them some credit for it. Interesting. Yeah, maybe they couldn't explain it with fancy political science words, but they knew it in their gut. Hey, continuing to look yeah. forward, um, uh, so if Joe Biden is the winner, and I, you know, I'd be willing to bet a lot of money right now that he is, um, so Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell are really close. You know, I knew they served in the Senate, but I didn't know they were this yeah. close. McConnell was the only Senate Republican to attend the funeral for Biden's son, Beau. Um, he stayed away from attacks on Biden's other son, uh, Hunter. And and Biden is interested in the Senate in the way that Obama wasn't. He famously, like, didn't care to go talk to senators or try to do anything that done. Biden knows all these people, most of them. So what do you think that relationship will be like? Um, I, I have a contrarian opinion on this. Okay. I actually think it's going to be very productive. It's going to be very productive, I think. I know that the common, you know, the common wisdom out there is, oh, there's going to be gridlock. I actually don't agree. I think that Biden is a creature of the Senate. He understands the Senate better than probably any other human being on earth because he spent so long there. He knows how the Senate works. He understands the norms and the culture of the Senate, and he knows Mitch McConnell. And at the end of the day, what Biden and McConnell are, they're both dealmakers. They are ruthless uh, political operatives, and, and I mean that in the, in the best positive way, <laughs> but they also understand the need to get deals done. And they're going to do deals. They're going to do a deal on coronavirus relief. They're going to do deals on Biden's nominations, and I think it's going to be a productive relationship, at least for the first you know year or so. Then, then all bets are off because you get into election cycle. Right. But that first year, I think, is going to be pretty productive. Well, that's interesting. What it reminds me of is reading all the LBJ books that I've read when he got the White House. He 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 was the knew more about the Senate than anybody in America, and he got all that civil rights stuff through because he knew how the Senate worked. Do you expect, Lon He, that um, Joe Biden will re-reveal his true colors as a moderate uh, as president now that he doesn't have to please the AOC wing? Well, see, that's why the Republican Senate for him is a beautiful thing, because he doesn't have to take the heat from the progressive left. He can say, look, I got these Republicans to deal with in the Senate, so I got to focus on getting some things done. We're in the middle of a public health crisis, yada, yada, yada. So in, in some ways, it gives him the defensive mechanism he needed against all these progressive lunatics in his party. He's going to be able to basically say, listen, uh, you guys might want to do it, but you and I both know it's not going to happen. So let's focus on doing some things we can actually do. So I actually think it's going to give him the ability to maneuver a lot more than if he had a Democratic Senate. If he had a Democratic Senate, they'd be talking about court packing and single payer and Green New Deal. And he'd actually have to give in to some of that. Now he doesn't have to worry about that. Anymore. Wow. How interesting. 
Juan He Chen, David and Diane, Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution. His podcast, Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, well worth a listen. You get more of the sort of things you, you heard just then. Lon He, great to talk to you. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, guys. All right. Not because of me, but that was the best conversation I've heard on this today. Uh, agreed. That was really interesting. Uh-huh. Nobody understands was this. It, was it because of me? Probably because of your role, yes. <laughs> Uh, nobody it's un- the notes you don't play, Sean. That's what they say. <laughs> nobody in the world knows how the Senate works better than Joe Biden, he says. Yeah. And he'll be working with his old close friend, Mitch McConnell, on trying to actually get things done. Yeah. That would be bipartisan. They'd have to be bipartisan, obviously. You know, if there is a dream in Joe Biden's heart, uh, it is a fairly moderate dream uh, by uh, by most standards. I mean, there are things that he will do that I will hate. No question about it, especially with the massive, unjustifiably large administrative state and regulations and the rest of it. But having said that, I believe he was, yeah, yeah, Green New Deal. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Sure. Why not? Okay. (laughs) And then the minute he gets into office, he's going to be more like he's always been. That's my hope anyway. I sure hope you're right, yeah. And, 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 you know, pray for his health, too, because you don't want freaking Kamala Harris in there. no. No. Oh, no. Lord. No. Do your exercises, Joe Biden. Eat your vegetables. Get get on the take Stairmaster. Those, take, take those shots they were giving you. <laughs> yes. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Cheetos is selling a new holiday popcorn tin, which contains cheddar and flaming hot popcorn and features Chester the Cheetah and a Santa Claus hat. It's the gift that says, there was a Walmart between my house and your house. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw Starbucks is expected to close 100 stores next in the next year, reminding me that the whole economic fallout of covid that story yet to be written, all that stuff's going to continue mm-hmm. now that the election is over. And by the way, I think the election is over. The networks haven't called it yet, but they have called uh, that Pennsylvania and Georgia are now leaning Biden. There's no catching up for Trump. And uh, it's well, it's just over. So one news organization, Decision Desk HQ, has called the presidential election for Joe Biden in a, in a matter of time. I assume before we get off the air, all the networks will call it for Joe Biden. Yeah, I expect that is So let's move on with our lives in the future, shall we, people? Vladimir Putin has the Parkinson's and will step down next year. The Kremlin has forcibly denied that story. That's just what they would do, though. Well, that is. And and, uh, step back from the window, too. (laughs) But but Putin wouldn't step down because he has Parkinson's? That's not what dictators do. What would he do? Well, for the good of the remaindering of my citizens, I will. <laughs> yeah, he would deny he's got any health problems and continue to hold on to power until his dying breath. That's, that's what he would do. That's what he's been doing, but he can no longer uh, keep up the ruse. You think? He can't yeah. even do his fake hockey games where he goes untouched and scores 19 well, goals? Well, he did, but he only scored 12. Oh, see? Yeah, see? The signs were there all along. That's right. <laughs> in the crocodile, he wrestled shirtless. Needless to say, it was, well, frankly, the ref stepped in when he shouldn't have. I know a pool toy when I see one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, speaking of fur and lands, we'll keep an eye on the Putin thing. I mean, there are great and really interesting 
uh, political sciency reasons why dictators never tell the truth about their health. Um, but uh, so who knows? Who knows? And the evidence is decent that there's something wrong with him. But you know, he could be no doing the me to figure it he out. could be doing the old dictator thing of uh, you, you do something like this and you see who reacts, who raised their head up, who looks like they're hungry to have my job. Right, that guy over there. Right, throw him out a window. That is straight out of the dictator's bag of tricks. Yeah, spread rumors. Hey, he's on the way out. He's on the way out. You have your loyalists. Loyalists say that. Uh, I say we push him out. Who's with me? And then anybody who says, hell yeah, <laughs> ends up flying out a window. This, <laughs> this just in, Trump's top economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, told CNBC he, he predicts a peaceful transition of power. Maybe a mostly peaceful transition of power. <laughs> I think Trump's going to be I, walking I see out. What you did the anchors are going to be saying on January 20th, he is appears to be walking out the door, but he could run back in at any second. Do I see a bulge in his pants? Is he have a gun in his pants? Oh, oh What's Lord. going on here? Please, fear-mongering oh, nutjobs of the media. <laughs> I think the coverage will continue to be pretty wacky. Yeah. Clear up to the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is the fevered, woke American media going to turn into? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, because they've thrown away all their credibility. The newsrooms are like Maoist collectives of frightening extremists. Who, who will brook no dissent. It's possible it was just, you know, all driven by Trump and it goes back to normal. Like after the, you know, the, the witch hunts and the witch trials, everybody's like, well, that was weird. And then yeah. you just kind of go back to normal life. Yeah. I don't know what happened there, but we lost our minds there for a second anyway. Yeah. Well, I know the or left. Or we're on this course for a long time. The left called everybody from Reagan to both Bushes to Mitt Romney to John McCain racists. But uh, nobody believed it. it. It never really caught hold. So I'm hoping, uh, if indeed Trump loses, which is looking increasingly likely, that that uh, energy that that gave like the crazy ass left any cover by the moderate left, they're like these people are crazy and they scare me, but they're against Trump just like me. So I'm not going to say anything about them. I'm hoping. The story we were talking about earlier, that there are now open, like, shouting obscenities divisions within the Democratic Party, Congress specifically. I'm thinking that's going to come out in the open, and that would make me very happy. I I would like to see the level of scrutiny continue with the media, but the rhetoric be dialed down, but that's probably the wish of an idiot. So, (laughs) The wish of an idiot. Mm. That's going to be my autobiography. (laughs) Um, It sounds like an instrumental album Sean would record. The unemployment, Only the recorder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the unemployment claims out again. They're down a little bit, but that's, you know, you're really working hard to come up with good news, I think. Still at 751,000 people. New people, as Joe always points out. Right. This is a whole new crowd of people. Again, added to the numbers of people that are unemployed. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Pray for a good vaccine for I, the vid, man. I don't want to doom scroll, so I'll get away from that story. But it's real and it's out there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, here's one for the ladies. I want you to picture this. Ladies. Lady, lady, lady. So uh, that crazy old bastard is going to be the president. That's something. I think he's going to be an Ike sort of president. You just kind of, you don't come out much, and you just kind of smile and walk slowly to the helicopter. That sounds so nice. Everybody just kind of feels like, well, Grandpa's running things, and everything's all right. Yeah, old man Mitch McConnell's not going to let anything crazy happen in the Senate, so maybe I can go back to worrying about life and not politics so much. 
Uh, the the uh, the story for the ladies. Uh, it's it's coming up after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, which is the award-winning best home security system you can own. Now, because it's the best, it's much more expensive than other systems. No, it's not. Well, that's what's so amazing. So you can afford Simply Safe. You can set it up yourself in about thirty minutes. Yeah, you set it up yourself. Yes, but there are long, complicated contracts. There are so. not. Uh, you don't have to deal with that either. There's so, no long-term contract at all. So all of the knocks that you have with other security systems you don't have with Simply Safe, and it's actually better anyway, which is absolutely amazing. It's won all kinds of awards. Let me do one more. But once you buy it, you're stuck with it. Nope. 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing nothing to lose or nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong and get a free security camera today. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It's S-I-M-P-L-I, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, 60-day risk-free trial, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Oh, we got to tell the story about a school we know and a phone call they got. Yes. Yeah, maybe after the commercial break. All right, so you're a woman. You're traveling the world. You happen to be in Doha hotter. I'm sorry, hotter. Ew. And the Qatari officials approach you and say, come with me. And you're thinking, what'd I do? What's going on here? Uh, this is like a moderate, a moderate Arab state, but they got weird-ass rules here. What is happening? <laughs> and they tell you, you got to get in this ambulance and remove your pants. This happened, friends. It's a it's a grim story. They follow they found an abandoned newborn baby in the terminal bathroom at the Qatar airport there. And Qatari authorities asked more than a dozen women asked them, ordered them into ambulances where they were checked for recent signs of childbirth. And I don't mean they like asked them or patted their tummy. No, they gave them the exam. Wow. Can you imagine? Several of the the gals were Aussies, and the Australian government more or less went crazy and is demanding the Qataris, uh, you know, well, what are they going to demand? Explain yourselves. This this means war. Well, it doesn't mean war or anything, but they're calling it a gross violation of these these women's human rights. Uh, Crazy. Uh, The baby is fine, by the way, which is, is great. In Qatar, Jack, sex between unmarried people is illegal, according to a law that largely targets women and marginalized migrant workers, which sometimes leads to secret pregnancies. Interesting. I did a deep dive on Griswold versus Connecticut from 1965 a couple of weeks Ooh, ago. Oh, that's a good one. That's what led to Roe versus Wade. And uh, Clark Griswold, who had taken his family on a vacation. I remember at Griswold's the doctor who prescribed um, birth control because it was against the law there in Connecticut, mm-hmm. which is just it's hard to believe that that was occurring in 1965. I know it. But then out of that, they they came up with, the, you know, you, you got all these uh, various rights to privacy that include all kinds of sex and birth control and. Getting abortions and everything like that, but that, that's complicated. But it's hard to believe that in the United States of America, birth control was illegal some places. Yeah, I know it. As recently as 1965, really. Right. That's a staggering and, amount and of And now change. there are people demanding that taxpayers pay for yours, which is a hell of a stance.
Well, you got thruples and all kinds of different things. As Rush I mean, said, that makes her a slut. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Man, we wore that clip out back in the day. But that's a staggering amount of change, really, oh, in yeah. in uh, 55 years. That Just all the different things that have happened. Has there ever been a time in world history where cultures have changed that fast? Not unless it was they were defeated in a war. I mean, like a cataclysmic, sudden history-making change, but like evolved? No, no, no. That's why everybody's so nuts these days. Yeah, yeah. Everything's too much change, too much, too fast. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, a lot of it's good. I, I don't think it should be illegal to have birth control, but but the, like the uh, the old uh, bitter old man thing, kids these days. Because you know the world changes, and some not all change is progress. Remember that. Um. But now you've got like bitter old men who are 29 years old. Right. Well, how we're talking of, about, I'm trying to hire a 22 year old. They don't know how to talk. How much of history was the world exactly the same for your kids as it was for your father? Almost all of it. Almost all of it. Yeah. Like nothing changed. I mean, nothing. Zero advance in medicine or technology. Yeah. We're farming the same piece of land, growing the same crop. Yeah. In the same spot. Maybe the old Duke would die and the new Duke's a little meaner or something like that. You hope not. Taxes slightly higher or lower, but yeah, it would be the margins. The highwaymen are a little more busy killing people and robbing them than they were last year. Uh, But that, I mean, other than that, no. No, they're all crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Speaking for myself. (sighs) So, So, oh, honest to goodness, speaking of crazy, uh, uh, first-person account, uh, school Got a call today you want to hear about. Uh, Yeah, worried about riots from Trump supporters. In in an affluent, fairly conservative suburb. Well, it ain't going to happen anywhere. No. Let alone there. I mean, there might be individual, you know, stupid stuff that happens, but like on a wide scale. No, no, the conservatives don't burn down your city, silly. It's hilarious, the thought. The National Guard was not called out because they were worried about the Trump supporters. But anyway, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have no doubt, knowing Joe Biden for 35 years, that what Rom said is true. That is who Joe is. He, he, he wants to try to bring people together. He believes that in his heart. He believes he's the guy who can do it, that he has the personality to do it. The real challenge for him is what I said the other night um, when we were on the program, which is um, he's going to try to unify the country and the Democratic Party at the same time. I think that's going to be an enormous challenge and one that will prevent him from having the type of relationship with Republicans that he wants to have. So that's Chris Christie. That's another person that knows Joe Biden who believes he's a good guy. And there's a whole bunch of those uh, that are Republicans that say Joe Biden's a good guy. So, um, I mean, we could have done a lot worse. Now, the scary wing of Joe Biden's party is freaking scary. Oh, yeah. Freaking really scary. Oh, yeah. And if old man Joe croaks it, his unholy uh, oh, veep. I don't even want to think about that. He's going to give way for that. Uh, and, and Gavin Mussolini is on the verge of appointing some new uh, crank to be this new senator from California. Here's what you keep your eye on. How closely tied to public employee unions 
is that person. That'll show you how utterly corrupt California is. Why are Chris Christie and George Stephanopoulos and other channels discussing it as if it's already over? Because it is over. It hasn't been officially announced yet. The media all of a sudden has decided to be old school and not call things until they have the full results. But it is over. Uh, Biden's far enough ahead in uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania and Nevada and Arizona. And there's just no catching up for Donald Trump. So it's yeah, over. the precincts that are still reporting are like super lefty. So, anyway. so, so uh, <clears throat> Stephen Colbert cried last night because <laughs> of because of Trump's speech where he said we're, we're being stolen from and cheated and we're going to challenge it and everything like that. Jimmy Kimmel said last night he's shocked at the Trump vote total and said, I overestimated the American people. F you, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, no kidding. F you. Can I second that? Can I say that hard enough? I wish I could actually say the word F you. Uh, you I'm smug sorry. little... No kidding. What a, what a condescending thing to say. I'm sorry we disappointed you. I'm sorry we didn't live up to your expectations, Jimmy Kimmel. Whatever. Oh, that makes me mad. <laughs> I wish oh, I had a dollar for every time I had to say this. The condescension oh. of the left is why Donald Trump got elected. It absolutely is. It's that. It's not. Bow down. <laughs> kiss the ass of your coastal elite overlords, oh, my America. God. Sorry. Or they'll be disappointed in Sorry, you. Sorry, you're so disappointed, Jimmy Kimmel. Jeez, Jimmy. You we're just be... not as smart and as enlightened as you. We just don't understand. Darn it. Oh, oh that's maddening. <laughs> God, I want to vomit. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to listen to or watch a moment of him again after that. I'm sure no. I'll calm down, but no. oh, screw you, dude. Yeah, no kidding. You know, on that topic, uh, a, a, a frequent correspondent whose account I am 100% confident in says local school got a call saying, how are you going to protect the children from the riots, the Trump riots, the tr- right-wing lunatic Trump riots? Sincerely. I'll be shocked if there's anything in the entire country, any organized dust-up of any kind. I will be surprised. I could see some small-scale stuff here and there. There's certainly not going to be widespread, every city in the country, National Guard called out like would have happened if Trump won. Right. From the left. Right. But Jimmy Kimmel's disappointed in all the people that voted for Trump. I overestimated the American people. Hey, Jimmy, are you... uh, Whatever. Are you disappointed in the people who were burning down cities? (laughs) Oh, my God. Disappointed in people who were shooting cops? Are you disappointed in people who were smashing other people's heads with bike locks in Portland? You disappointed in that, Jimmy? So I suppose if Trump had won, which he was this close to winning, it's going to end up being so close in so many states. Yeah mind-bogglingly So if Trump had won, and there would have been rioting all across the country. Yes. Downtown smash-up everywhere. I suppose the response would have still been, I'm disappointed in the American people for voting for Trump. Yes. I'm not disappointed in the fact that there are so many people that are willing to destroy cities when the election doesn't go their way. Right. That's a weird way to look at it, man. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. And again, everybody who wants to abandon the Electoral College... Wants Jimmy Kimmel and the coastal elite to win every single election because the only places that candidates would or should pay attention to is the heavily populated coastal cities. Not a second, not a second worth of concern for Indiana, Kentucky, Iowa, Illinois, not well, Chicago, but not a second spent thinking about Nevada or Utah or Arizona. You know, one thing that is hanging out there, um, 
for all of Joe Biden's likability and being liked by so many heavyweights in the Republican Party, Tony Bobulinski did get interviewed for five hours by the FBI. Yes. That will move forward, whatever it is. Yes. The Biden crime family, as I've heard it described, I think is probably in for some rough sledding. But you remember the one key phrase, old Jim Biden, Joe's brother, talking to Bobulinski. How do you guys get away with this? (laughs) Plausible deniability. The name of the game was you kept Joe's fingerprints off of everything. And so there'll be, you know, and and they can afford some pretty good lawyers. I have a feeling his lawyers will be able to make the argument, uh, number one, there's nothing directly uh, showing that he was involved in this decision. Number two, he's the sitting president. Nancy Pelosi just referred to Biden as the president's elect when she was talking about him. So good for you. Uh, Mitch McConnell, of course, was asked this question. Will there be a peaceful transfer of power if Biden wins? And he said, of course. So they'll all be forced to answer that question for the next several months. So we get to January 20th. The witch Pelosi uh, is desperately trying to hang on to her gig. So she'll be saying crazy stuff by her standards. Boy, AOC's coming for that. Oh, please. I don't know if she wants it, but she wants Nancy out. Yeah, She wants one of her senior allies in the gig, probably. But yeah, they're coming for Nancy. Oh, that's too bad. That saddens me. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.